Hello and welcome to this second podcast in our series about managing contractors and vendors. You'll find this episode helpful if you're managing contractors or hands-on consultants and need to know how this is different from managing employees doing similar work and how you can get the best results. This new version has been edited to fit within 10 minutes. In our workshops and when we work with clients, we often get asked exactly how is managing contractors different from managing employees. So, in this podcast, we first look at five important areas of difference. 1. Roles and expectations for employees and contractors. 2. How work is defined for each. 3. The cost comparisons between contractors and employees. 4. Agreements. and 5. How performance is measured. And to complete this podcast, we'll look at three issues we often hear. 1. Frustration when simple things a contractor is asked to do turn out to be extras. The second one is whether to give a contractor resources or information to help them do their job better, as you would for an employee. And the third one is working with former employees who now work on your worksite as contractors. So the first area we will look at is roles and expectations. As an employee, you identify as being part of your company, the function that you perform within your company, or the role of your work group. You get satisfaction from helping your company be successful. You have an affiliation with your peers, your own team, and your work group, and your loyalty is expected to be to your manager and to your company. Employees in some companies are often expected to put in whatever extra time is needed and don't always get paid. Employees often have some flexibility in their hours and may be called on to do other work as needed. An employee's tenure with a company is considered to be more or less permanent, whereas for a contractor or vendor, the engagement is typically for a finite period of time or set out with phases in a contract. Now, let's look at what it means to be a contractor and possibly working at a client site. A contractor or consultant may be fully independent or they may work through an agency, or they may be an employee of a vendor company as an on-site contractor, liaison or account manager to your company. Even though they work mostly on-site at your company, they still see themselves as an employee, just not an employee of your company. So, even though a contractor might be doing dedicated work for a single client like your company, they are more likely to identify either with their own employer, the vendor, or simply the sense of being an independent. Their satisfaction comes from delivering a service that satisfies the client. A contractor's affiliation is with fellow contractors or their own team back at the vendor organisation. An employed contractor, a consultant or vendor employee is loyal to his or her own employer, the main vendor company, and may have to balance loyalty and responsiveness between your company and other clients. The second area is how work is defined. For an employee, the work is defined by a job description, an organisation chart and day-to-day direction by their manager. For a contractor or employee of a vendor, it has all been negotiated and set out in the outsourcing contract or agreement. With deliverables and standards, there is typically less flexibility with a contractor or vendor than for an employee. Initiative and risk-taking is usually outside the scope of the contract and not encouraged. Performance is measured by how closely their work meets set standards and stays within the boundaries of the agreement. The number of work hours put in by a person working under a contract or their availability is dictated by the original project or program agreement. Extra time for a vendor typically means extra hours billed or an addendum to the original contract with increased pricing. 
Employees' work is directed by the manager as required, and the manager has discretion to give direction on a day-to-day basis, sometimes even how employees do their work. Clients typically don't direct contractors' day-to-day work performance and behaviours or how they do their work. It is about delivery standards and schedules and billable hours. The third area is cost comparisons. Many employees who manage contractors look at their hourly rates and feel it's a lot more than what a comparable employee would be paid. True, the hourly rate for a contractor is often higher, but to compare employee productive hours, you must back out all holidays, sick leave, personal time, training, company events, unproductive days, administration, computer issues and time lost in job changes. And the less obvious employee overheads also include recruitment costs, relocation bonuses, liability, facilities, technology, technical support, administration, personal development, benefits and insurance and taxes. On the contractor side, it is the vendor who carries these extra costs. So all of these, plus their own profit margin, have to be factored into the hourly rate paid to the contractor or vendor. Independent contractors have to spend unpaid hours running their own business. The fourth area is agreements. For a contractor or vendor, requirements are set out in advance in a written contract. Outcomes, milestones, deliverables, service levels and metrics. Changes are renegotiated and included in an addendum to the agreement. To this extent, it is more formal. Employees have signed an individual employment agreement including pay and benefits, conditions, a job description showing duties and responsibilities. They may only be terminated in accordance with employment law for acceptable reasons. These include failing to meet performance standards, unacceptable behaviour or when there is a reduction in workforce. An outsourcing contract may typically be terminated at any time, with a payment for any agreed work performed, plus consideration for any losses or foregone revenue incurred as a result of committing to the contract. And the fifth and final area, measuring performance. Work performance for an employee is measured against his or her achievements of objectives during a performance review cycle, how well he or she performs the overall job, fits in with the team, learns new skills, adapts to the work environment and contributes to the company. In some jobs, initiative and risk-taking are valued and rewarded. Reviews are conducted at set intervals and include behaviours and skill development. Work done by a contractor or vendor is performed or completed to standards set out in the formal agreement and their time is measured against the project or program. For a contractor or vendor employee, the work is measured against milestones, service levels or agreed deliverables as set out in the contract. So now let's take a quick look at those three issues I mentioned that people often express to us. The first one is people will say, I find it really frustrating when things I ask a contractor to do turn out to be extras. It seems like all they care about is money. What should I do? My response is, why all the extras? Why were they not foreseen at the time of writing the contract? Or are you just asking for extras simply because you can Maybe you've been used to working out your plan as you go along and asking for things as you think of them, or even adapting in a changing environment. It is easier to get away with this when your resources are employees. Check back with the contract to see if some scope for extras is implied, either by inclusion or simply because extras have not been excluded. However, be careful about ruthlessly squeezing a vendor or contractor for extra work. If they're good at what they do and are valued in the marketplace, they mightn't want to work for you again. The next one is, why should I collaborate with the vendor and give them information or resources to do their job better? Isn't that what they're getting paid for? If it means they will do their job better within the terms of the contract, then yes, by all means, do so. 
The more you can collaborate and use the vendor to best advantage, the better results you will get. But don't do their work for them or let them off the hook for what they've agreed to do in the contract. And the final one is, a former employee and peer is now a contractor, but they are back with us at their old desk doing the same work, but as a contractor. When they worked for us, they were willing to collaborate. Now they say it's not in the contract or it will add hours. They seem like a different person, so what's changed? Your former peer is not a different person. He or she is just working to a different set of rules and an agreement. Even if they are doing the same work, they're now answerable to the outsourced vendor company as their employer. They are measured by and held accountable to a different set of standards. Your relationship with them is now against the agreed terms of the contract. If they tried to work in the same way they did before, they could be asked by their manager to stick to the contract. So that's it for this episode. In our premium extended series, we look at some of the decisions and strategies around why you would choose to use a contractor rather than an employee, or why you might outsource some projects and programs. There is more free material and resources on the Think180 website. Just click and go to the Ensure Vendor Effectiveness page, then note the resources listed at the right, including a link to these podcasts and the transcripts as PDFs. And if you need our services, Think180 is available to provide training or experience consultation to you. Thanks for listening. I hope this has been helpful to you in getting to know more about how to manage contractors. As always, we welcome feedback and success stories, as well as questions you may have. Please feel free to share this podcast with your colleagues. Our email address is podcast at think180.com. 